is Richard Wilson speaking. Thank you for downloading One Foot in the Podcast. One Foot in the Grave. Is it me or is it moist? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have got a special guest today. It's somebody I've been after for quite some time, and he's rather generously given up his time to speak to One Foot in the Podcast today. It's Britain's friendliest neighbour, Mr. Owen Brenman. Hello, Owen. Hi, hello. Hi, nice nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm so glad you are on the podcast. It's um, my pleasure. My an absolute pleasure. privilege. Me too. I don't know if you've listened to any of the uh, other I've guests. I've listened to I've some on. of them. Yes, I have. Yes, you've had everybody on, haven't you? <laughs> Nearly everybody. Very, been very lucky. I don't know what... Have you... You've had Richard, you've had um, Doreen, I know, you've had Chris Gernon. Yes. Had, uh, have you had... Um, David Ang- a couple of times. Angus Deaton, has he done I'm it? trying, Angus and Janine. Trying to get him, okay. And, Janine, and um, yeah. Annette, so... Oh, Annette, few, yes. A few yes. more good, to go, I good, don't know if Good I'll... luck with Annette, she, she doesn't like doing publicity stuff normally, she's... she's um, quite shy about that sort of thing so, yeah know. so i hear um, I'll, i will of course try yeah. um you know but it's so amazing to have nick swaney on the podcast for one foot in the podcast you know like i said britain's <laughs> friendliest neighbor here he is well friendliest or or maddest or both kooky yes is the word depending I, I on mean, how you look at like, it yeah yeah when you um listen to i'm not going to quiz you on what you've listened to on the podcast but when you're listening to richard speak and david and chris did it take yeah. you back to those days of filming yeah i mean uh, well you probably know this I, I sort of shot some stuff behind the scenes when we were doing um the last series and and i've been reviewing some of that stuff recently because i'm always thinking i ought to edit it together properly so one foot never really goes away completely for me um so i do think about it reasonably often and if i get um recognized or anything it'll either be for one foot in the grave or um doctors which i did a a daytime soap i did for 10 years so it never really goes away which is you know nice in a way um so i I think about it quite often anyway, really. I don't necessarily need reminding, although actually your list of points that you sent me was actually very useful. And that did bring back some more kind of specific memories, really. Okay. That was quite useful, yeah. Do you do you ever get noticed in the street? And if so, is it, do they greet you as Nick Swaney or anything else? Been you, well, doctors? I mean, when it was on or when it's repeated um, more so, um, one time someone i was in a shop or something they said oh they recognize me from my voice um and but yeah i do um and because the characters was fairly friendly the reaction i get from people is is very nice usually i mean i know some friends who've played unpleasant characters get a reaction as though they are that person yeah i've always been quite fortunate with with um the characters i've played on TV that that I've been recognised from, and they're fairly sort of benevolent. So I guess the first question, Owen, uh, how were you approached to play Nick Sweeney? What was that process like? And any sort of memories of those early discussions with Susie and David at all that you can recall? Yeah, well, I was already working with uh, David on Alexi Sales stuff, which was a sketch show in the 1980s, and um, written by him and Andrew Marshall, who wrote went on to write 2.4 children. Yeah. So I was already doing sketches. This is in the eighties. And um, 
so you know right place right time really and so i'd got to know david and he i think he was had been working on this idea and I, you probably know all this that i think one foot happened quite quickly because someone like john sullivan i think was late with one of his series and suddenly there was a window of opportunity and suddenly david was asked to write six episodes or whatever it was and i was in would i be in the first one and i thought great and i thought that might just be it um and he obviously you know he's suggested me heavily to susan belbin um and uh and i yeah i immediately thought it's a character i recognized really because uh i had a, an english teacher like nick swaney and um and obviously there's a, <laughs> an aspect of myself that <laughs> can be like Nick Swain. So I kind of tuned in pretty quickly. That was an influence. Was that your, your English teacher? I think so. Yeah, I, I sometimes um, wonder. I mean, it, or it made just complete chance. But I had a uh, an English teacher who would get us doing Nick Swain-y type things. So we would go to old people's homes and sing songs like it's a long way to Tipperary and all these you know we were teenagers or whatever 14 15 uh, and they were and they would sit there and they'd sort of cry and because it was emotional for them and we thought oh well okay are they enjoying it or are we just making them miss but they seem to enjoy it and then we'd be encouraged to sort of do mime or um you know like you know i'm making an omelet and they have to guess what it was and they go oh he's walking a tightrope and you, and so there was this mixture of trying not to laugh because it was ridiculous the situation but also trying to do um the right thing and do and do a good thing that was being valued by the people who were you know, getting it. They were getting some young people from the outside coming in and, and entertaining them. And I don't know whether I ever told David about that, which influenced Nick Sweeney, probably not, or whether it was just one of those things where the, you know, the planets align and suddenly something comes along and you think, oh, well, I know exactly who this person is. Um, and um, I've always felt that about him, that, that he's, you know, my t English teacher was a, was a, very intelligent guy he'd been at Cambridge and I think he'd written for footlights and stuff like that but he had this kind of earnest quality about him which as teenagers we used to mercilessly I mean can I say things like take the piss on this of can. Uh, yeah. out of him although we, you know he was a great influence on me and he sort of encouraged me to to start writing sketches with which I used to do with a friend of mine at school and we wrote our own shows and stuff so he I owe a lot to him but he was also a figure of fun. So that, you know, with a lot of parallels with Nick Swaney in a way. So you've had some real life experience doing that. Entertaining uh, out, the elderly, yeah. Outward bound yeah. for the elderly, like the great well, man not out, It wasn't outward bound. It was in a, in a home. Oh, okay. In, um, Action for the elderly. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but ah. it, um, the, English, the teacher, he was called David Lund. And he was a wonderful teacher. And, but he had this sort of, well, Nick Sweeney has a sort of remorseless sort of good humor and positivity, oh, yeah. which depending on how you look at it is either great or drives you around the bend, <laughs> you know, because he, because you know, as Victor would say, tells him to piss off and, <laughs> and uh, Nick sort of thinks it's amusing and funny and interesting and whatever. Yeah. And he doesn't respond like normal people. No, he's um, quite, he's a very vulnerable 
character, the the very fact that he's told to piss off quite aggressively, and he still smiles. Yeah, yeah. Um, not yeah. not in a arrogant way, but he's just taken it on the chin and, and a very sweet. I don't think man, he understands. I don't think he understands it properly. He probably Maybe thinks not. he's probably someone who's got um, on the spectrum in a way. He's got yeah. I don't know if Asperger's is the right thing. He, he he's not very good at reading other people. No, that's 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 a that's a good argument actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, his I heart's really... in the right place, but he doesn't know when he's not welcome. <laughs> did, did your English teacher live with his mother? Uh, no, he didn't. No. I did. I but before I get before I slander anybody, no, no. The the, the similarity ends um, fairly yeah. abruptly, but but. Uh, the comparison was of, was one of fondness, really, yeah. and of and, and someone who was enthusiastic um, in spite of a, any setbacks or any anything that you know yeah. might put normal people off. Yeah, I I can't wait to delve into certain scenes involving your character, and especially yeah. one with Margaret in series six. Um, but when you were in the first episode, alive and mm. buried. Did you say earlier that, as far as you were concerned, that was a, a one-off? Because David obviously been given six episodes to write. Did you know you might be coming back as a series regular? And I think I knew that, that he wrote six episodes that I was only in the first. I didn't even know if that it would be just one series and that was it. Because yeah. it took a while for one foot to become successful. Um, people are very slow. And, and that was also a time when the BBC would allow a series to find its legs and take time. I'm not sure that would happen now. Things have to be an instant success. But I always thought, and I would say that the writing was so good on one foot, not just, not just my stuff, but the whole thing. And I couldn't understand why everybody wasn't raving about it from the word go. Mm. But it took, I think, a year or two or the repeat of the second, or whatever it was, for people to suddenly, you know, I suppose it's like trying to turn a tank around or something. Yeah, it, 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 sometimes series one from some company, I've spoken about this before, they take a while to get off the ground for some reason. And if Fools and Horses was the same, um, right. occasionally like your Faulty Towers and The Office, they seem to hit it off, hit the ground running. But some of the greatest sitcoms, for some reason or another, take a short while to get going. But then those hardcore fans will go back to the, the first series of that comedy and absolutely love it. Mm. And series yeah. one of one foot is very different, isn't it? It just visually, it's of the fact they're in a different house. That's the, the main thing. But it's, there's something and about Margaret has a different haircut. She has a different haircut. That didn't that cause yeah. David some anxiety when she, the actress I think it came did. back. I think she just decided to get, get, get chop get it off, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember what they did. They give her a wig or a, or just explain it. Well, I can't remember. I can't remember what happened. I think it went unexplained because they went on holiday to mm. Greece, I think, Athens, and came back with short hair. So it's, it's not against the... Uh, it's not impossible for someone to have a haircut abroad, is it? So No, no. From an actor's point of view, though, uh, Owen, what, what's it like performing in front of a live studio audience? How do you handle the nerves, terrifying. If, if any? Is it terrifying? <laughs> I'd, I'd feel terrified. It is, it is frightening. Um, you wouldn't know it, though, but, with your performances. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. <laughs> um, it's an odd hybrid, you know, doing sitcom... Um, and they don't, a lot of sit, audience sitcom doesn't seem to happen these days. It's done. I miss it. I, I wish there was more. Or, I, th I think it's quite hard to do it well. Um, it's very hard because you're not what, normally if you're doing TV acting, your performance needs to be 
for the camera and not too big. Uh, otherwise, it's too theatrical. But if you're doing TV in front of a live audience, obviously, you've got to listen to the audience because it affects your timing of the jokes and waiting if there's a laugh and pausing. But you mustn't then play it directly to the audience. You're playing to the audience via the camera, but the audience are also in the large room that you're in. So do you see what I mean? You're kind of yes keeping it small but also being aware of the larger audience who's listening watching you live as you do it so you're trying so that's weird um and uh you know these things are all scary. i mean doing one foot was quite scary because it was a you know such a strong script and i i think doreen will probably would say this too we used to talk about it you know it's quite we'd get quite anxious before it quite anxious filming as well because um you didn't want to cock it up, basically. No. And, and often there were big gaps, you see. It wasn't like we were doing it every week, week in, week out. You'd come together maybe once a year. And if you were a semi-reg, you might just be in two or three episodes that year or something. Yeah. And therefore, um, you know, you couldn't... Getting into the kind of rhythm of it was, um, wasn't was always easy. And, no. Um, yeah, it's just... How long would it take for one episode to be filmed in front of a studio audience roughly well, are we talking well you'd have you'd have they'd shoot all the location stuff weeks in advance so this is weird about so if i'm in the garden or something i've shot all of that before i get in the studio and also when you and i always thought this was i don't know if they still do it like this but i always thought this was silly the way they would do filming was you would turn up in bournemouth for your filming day and you had to sort of hit the ground running and you were sort of nine o'clock in the morning you know action doing the scene trying to be funny um so there's no warm-up there's no rehearsal really no. you, might, you might just run through it and nick was always doing these great big arias you know if you want to these great monologues where he just you wound him up like a clockwork toy and off he went and you had to sort of just do it where where's this so then after you've done all that and you may have an episode for example where you spend you're mainly on location rather than in the studio so the irony would be you've done your filming and maybe 75 percent of that your episode is on location and then you get a week's rehearsal for your tiny bit in the studio because that's the way they do it so you were so it was it always felt silly to me yeah um, yeah, that's that's. But, it, uh, but that's the way they did sitcom, and so you just had to sort of fit that template. Yeah, I I don't know if you heard um, a couple of friends and I, Darren and Simon, who I've met through this podcast. We we paid a visit to Tresillian Way, and we oh, spoke yeah. to the um, residents of your uh, character's address, and that's oh, quite yeah. interesting. What did they say? <laughs> I I can't remember the top of my head, but they were just talking about what it was like seeing everything uh, in action, you know, the filming process, and yeah. Um, I think they became quite friendly with Richard and Annette and right. uh, the residents of Victor and Margaret's let us in their back garden to um, have a look around, which I, oh, okay. very yeah. brave of them because there's three strange men turning up and we, you know, we just, we managed to interview just on the spot interview. Yeah. Um, so you saw the fence that I used to come through and all that sort of oh, thing. Do you know what? The, that's one of the have greatest they, running jokes. It? <laughs> one of the, that's yeah. a great running joke, isn't it? By your yeah. character, just yeah. always moving the fence up a little bit. Using yeah. a um, 
just playing with the panel just so he can find a way into the yeah into the garden. It was just it, it happened from day one, didn't it? Really, from the moment. Yeah, there was an early one when I when he was sunbathing. That's one of my favourite yeah. ones. When I when I said um, something like "Mum's out there," you can give her a wave if you like, or something like that. <laughs> and I I I like that because um, I it was so matter of fact because. I, Tell me, I'm jumping all over the place, but tell me if this it, it works or not. But one of the issues that I always, um, uh, by, by the way, have I answered your question about how long it takes to do? So you do, you do you Perfect, week, yeah. weeks ahead, you do that. And then you go and you'd then you'd be back in London. You'd rehearse for the week, for a week. And then you do either a Saturday or Sunday evening, you know, two hours recording all the studio stuff. The audience watch the stuff that's pre-recorded and then the whole thing gets edited and and you've got a show. But um, what I, what, one of the th challenges, the difficulties I had with Nick was he's such a bizarre, weird character. David loved pushing the envelope, as they say, you know, me doing the archery or walking on uh, stilts or, or the most bizarre stuff that you had to try and keep one foot in some sort of reality for it. Otherwise, you just become this sort of bizarre character who says ridiculous things. You got, you had to believe that this person might live next door. And yeah. That was always the, the struggle I had was how absurd can this be? And me, you know, like mother fishing out of the window. <laughs> and you, it's sort of funny, but and if, if it becomes too ridiculous, I think an audience <laughs> just says, oh, I just don't buy that. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Just, I, you know, no, I mean, and you I had to try to yeah. believe it. Those were some of the great moments, though, when um, you'd be talking to Victor or Margaret, and then you you'd be referring to your your mother, and you'd be yeah. looking up to a window, saying, "Oh, you know." They say they say thank you very much for yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, when when the lines were very sort of matter of fact and straight, I I preferred those so uh, because I thought you know it's slightly he wanted that slightly creepy sort of um, what, what's that Hitchcock movie uh, Psycho feel? Yeah, uh, is is Nick Sweeney. Actually, Norman Bates, yeah, yeah, he wanted that. I, but I went, but when I was sort of doing the sort of the more the fishing and the and the on the other and, and the broader stuff, I I found that harder to do myself because I felt okay, that is just silly now. <laughs> well, the the thing is, the, your character was so well developed, you know, portrayed amazingly <laughs> that it, it was believable because Good, yeah, it, 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 it matched your personality in the show. We obviously absolutely love Nick. I think he's probably, arguably, the most loved character. I mean, everyone loves Victor Meldrew, but I would say Nick Sweeney is right up there because... Well, he's got a good heart. He's, he's got he's such a, a he's good a heart. Good, he's a good person, and, he, and he's not vengeful or mean no. or bitter, really. I mean, uh, I mean, right, there is that scene you're probably going to mention in, in the penultimate episode where... Nick is saying, you know, I've willed a lot of old ladies about Mrs. Marabout. Who's going to will me about? Oscar-winning um, performance, if I may say so. That was... Thank you. That, uh, that's very good. That, honestly, I mean... I really enjoyed it. That, I'm so glad that, that he gave me that because you suddenly saw the real person staring yeah. at his life and his future. It's so I sad. Thought that was, it rounded the character. Suddenly, he wasn't just this sort of clown. He was... Um, someone who had fear and feelings and and like everybody else does you know i i've just that is possibly you know probably my top five scenes in one foot you, you know that you and that in, in that car kind. yeah she was fantastic she's such a 
brilliant person to act opposite. She's very generous. In fact, and Richard as well. They're all yeah. really, they put their egos to one side. And you, I don't mean they have egos, but sometimes in this business, you you deal with people with big egos and you didn't get that. On, no, with you good, didn't with good people, you tend not to get that. And mm. they're just, they just, they're interested in the work and making the scene work. And that's, that's why it worked. Do you think One Foot the Grave is somewhat underappreciated? I mean, obviously, us us fans, maybe even cult fans, obsessed with it. But on the larger scale, I mean, although it's on iPlayer and BritBox, that's really, really yeah. good. Mm. And it does get its repeat airings on some of the Sky channels. But if only yeah. it would be on BBC One of a Saturday night. Well, I mean, David has probably said this to you, that it's got a darker vein to it than something like only fools and horses it, mm. it's sort of it's got an edge to it which some people are going to like and some may not like i mean how many sitcoms have uh, someone like brian murphy spending the whole episode trying to kill himself <laughs> and there's another one where somebody hangs themselves and you see the yeah their legs uh, mildred when, Ronnie when mildred. The, curtain, the curtains yeah and he, so he finds the humor in terrible uh, tragedy in a way and um, it's and it's not all for some people they may not find that a kind of comfortable easygoing kind of ride I mean I love it because it's not um, it's not safe and it is dark and it's uh, but maybe that's one of the reasons it's it's less um, not shown as much and you know and you remember the last series uh, for example is all about Victor dying and uh, revenge and and I don't know. Um, it's it's not for me to say. I I think one foot is interesting because you can't. It's not like other sitcoms really. You can't stick it in a box. And maybe th that counts against it when people are programming series. They say, oh, I want someone something that's this, this, and this. Whereas maybe one foot doesn't easily fit into any particular. Possibly, I I think there's an an element of ageism. I mean, I'm not. I haven't Maybe, really got any yeah. any proof for that, other than yeah, yeah. If you got a, a young person in, if you tried to get them into one for the grave, they might go, oh, "It's just old people, isn't it?" And it's not. It really isn't. Um, it's just <laughs> the setting. It's you got obviously the the, the fact that the main storyline is this chap who's near retirement age, not quite retirement age. He's forcibly retired. No. You know, he lives with his wife of similar age, but the neighbours are a, a lot younger. And it's based on a man who apparently just moans mm -hmm. for a living. But like a lot of um, comedy fans, when, when they're watching this show when they're younger, they're probably just finding it funny. But when they get older, they go, actually, Victor Meldrew, he's on my wavelength now. He's he's in the right. What he has to say makes perfect sense. And he moans about these everyday annoyances. So we're, we're, we're very much Team Victor. We're certainly yeah. team, Brent, um, to Brent, team Nick Sweeney. These really likable characters. Did you get much of a chance to bond yeah. with Angus and Janine, given you had very few scenes together throughout? Same for obviously for well, Dora. Again, it. I knew Angus. Yeah, I knew Angus from um, Alexi Sell stuff, which um, which is what I was doing. So I was I did a lot of sketches with Angus um, before One Foot started. So I already knew him from that. Okay. Um, I don't think we did any many scenes together in 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 One Foot. I no, it was, it was no, very few. Did. Yeah, because obviously you're either side yeah. of Victor, aren't you? So in reality, yeah, people who live next door, two, do two doors down, you don't really have much to do with them, do you? Which is make, no, make and, the show and more I, realistic. And it's the way, and the way he 
it's just the way that um, David wrote it. He, he used the what were called the semi-regulars. Um, yeah. To um, you know, to push the story along, and I suppose you know you had your app when you were useful, and then Angus came in, or Dorian came in, or whatever. You occasionally overlap, but not usually. Yeah. Not usually. I because because it was really about uh, Richard and Annette you know we were we were there to sort of um make you know prod them and uh, exacerbate them or frustrate them or whatever yeah it just adds yeah. to the the dynamics of the comedy like all yeah. good comedies have yeah. really interesting outside yeah. characters there's no more yeah. interesting than Nick Swaney and, and Gene Warboys two very much loved characters side characters Great so character. i think it's a disservice really to call it call them side characters uh, but you know we loved them semi-regulars semi-regulars yeah because we weren't in every episode so we weren't really regulars because none no. of us were in every episode like in normal normal sitcoms you know you have the same actors in in every episode yeah but that didn't yeah. how david didn't write which i would which i would have loved but um yeah i would have loved to have been a regular character in every week but he didn't write like that so that's fine what would you say was your personal most memorable moment playing mr swaney well yeah, one of them is the one we've already mentioned uh, when I'm in the car with Margaret yeah. in the, the penultimate episode, reflecting on on my future, really. Yeah. For the first time, you know, he he his sort of in a way his depression. Because I suppose if if you want to analyze it, I don't know whether you do or not, but sometimes you know, Nick always had quite a sort of manic quality to him, and sometimes people who were like that. The flip side is quite depressed, really, and dark. And the yeah. manic side is their way of coping with it. And maybe you saw that more reflective, depressed side there yeah. um, coming out. And it was quite rare because you didn't often see that. But in a way, it was him growing up. He was sort of growing up in a way because he'd becoming more human. Yeah. In your opinion, and this is solely an opinion because it's not known, what do you think Nick Swaney was doing for a career before it came to the point he, he needed to care for his mother? Have you ever thought about that or not really? Well, he was sort of, in the in the first episode, he's outward bound for the elderly, isn't he? He is. I just the get the impression he was... And it, was he employed by the council, possibly, to... Yeah. I don't imagine he earned much money, but to It's hard actually, to say. Yeah. Some sort of social work of some kind or something like that i was just thinking maybe he got into yeah. that work because um, he was already caring for his mother so he thought i may as well make a career out of it but by that point nick swaney is what was was 30. he already caring for his mother from the word go maybe he, he wasn't was, yeah. it's not mentioned in that first episode to be fair but of course um series two episode one it is um mm. nick swaney's in his 30s and he's got to be early mid 30s so he's probably done something from leaving school <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I imagine he would struggle because I think the people who work with him would go slightly mad with his relentless cheerfulness. I think it would drive everybody mad, wouldn't it? Well, and it's it, probably it, old that, people. Oh, he's, he's an old person's dream because he's so helpful and, and friendly. No, yeah, that's what I mean. The, the old people would love him, but people of his own age, his own peer group, would might he, just I be... imagine he'd be a bit ostracized really by them probably envious he's that too he's... odd he's too odd he's too odd and weird and he's probably never had a girlfriend you know and well all sorts of 
I was going to get on to the lovely Tanya in a moment, but you were going to say your other favourite moment playing Mr. Sweeney. Oh, well, um, gosh. I mean, I like, as I say, the one in the car when he's talking about his future. I also, for some reason, one of my favourite moments is, is one we've already discussed, is the first time I come through the fence and say, oh, no, you can, you know, mum's up there, you can give her a wave if you like, because it was so, it was at that point, we didn't know how mad Nick Sweeney was, because it, it just felt so matter of fact from Nick Sweeney. And you, and you actually at that point thought, oh, maybe she is up there. Uh, yeah, this is another whole other thing. Did mother actually exist? Well, she did sort of exist, but it was the I perplexed mean, look by Victor Richard, and Margaret yeah. that got me. Yeah, like you said, yeah. you got Nick. Matter of fact, no, she's up there, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. Victor, I mean, Richard's got that amazing face. He can, he can, yeah, he, it's very a flexible face. Is that the phrase? I don't know what. The... Yeah, expressive. Hope, yeah, mm. it, and it's a, that is a compliment. But the, any any moment of. Of, of that doing where yeah you're communicating to mother <laughs> she's she is there but yeah. they, they just they've never seen her. margaret of course has met her in the opening episode of series two when she i think she's had a fall out of bed and it's where victor they were hosting a housewarming party held it to the two houses that weren't his bit mixed up ended up back at your house but margaret was already there which caused more confusion for victor so we know Vic- margaret was there this- with yeah. with with your uh, on screen mother who we who we don't see, so we know I don't remember real. that. So so Margaret, you remember it better than me. Margaret met my mother in series two. Yeah. Um. So or was she in the house? She was in your, She was in Nick Sweeney's house because um. Apparently, with my had, mother. Yeah. Because for a long time, I I never knew whether she was real or not. This, well, this is and the thing. When, this this is what one could say. David David wouldn't be for. Sh- I don't, as I remember, unless I'm wrong, wasn't a hundred percent telling me. But then, when you had those scenes where she's knocking on the the ceiling and you can hear her, you think, right, there, she, this is real. Um, and the fishing, but we never see her. <laughs> we never we see her. You just don't know she's, what yeah. is. You could have been re- could have been some someone tied up there in chains yeah. trying yeah. to escape. <laughs> I said, no, 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 that's mother. That's mother. <laughs> Another um, amazing Mr. Swain moment came in series six, and it was the, again, the penultimate episode. You see Victor in the corner shop, Dodgy Douglas's yeah. off license. It's a sad farewell because you're moving house, but you're actually moving to the other side of Victor yeah, Margaret. So you, that's right. You made a big deal out of it. You see him later on. Yeah. So good. Yeah, Ma- absolutely magic. Yeah. So you probably thought, I've, thank God I've got rid of him, but I haven't. <laughs> No, that's right. See, that's when I came through and uh, on the other through the other fence. That's right, and talked about um, the guy uh, who who was actually the living shit out of you. Yeah, 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 I'll be the yeah, and um, yeah, I like that scene actually. Yeah, that that was funny. That was a funny scene. But I I can't. I I often some of my favorite scenes were ones that I wasn't in. Even you know I I loved one of the scenes in is it in Luton Airport? No one can hear you scream. Doesn't uh, Mrs. Warboys have a line where they were asking about you know what did you do? Why didn't you ring ring for oh. a, a fire engine? She said oh, I got through. Was it to a singing, singing detective tele- go- gorillas or something? In fact, they were very good. Um, and they came around in their gorilla outfits or something, and that that those laughs lines used to make me hoot with laughter. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah. yeah, no, it's nice that you could obviously enjoy the episode you weren't in, but obviously mm. 
you know, if you're if you're starring in a sitcom, it must be nice to see the work. Yeah, yeah, I like I, I like the ones where I feel, you know, actors are different. They look at their performances and they go, oh, well, I could have done that better, or yeah, well, that's better than I thought. Or, that was good. Yeah. I'll tell you one one of the ones I really didn't like, and David knows I did not like the episode where David put me in this fat suit where he oh decide, yeah he decided that um, it would be hilarious. Uh, that that I put on a huge amount of weight, and as I struggle with my weight as it is, and I I, I wasn't keen, but I, this is wonderful um, effects. Um, oh, I forgot what you call it, but they'd just been working with Spielberg, so they were really top people, and they built this suit for me, which was so realistic that um, if I went up to people saying this isn't real, they they didn't believe it. I had to get them to touch it. So the warm up comedian, Bobby Bragg on the night and I said, can you tell them afterwards that I'm wearing a fat suit? And he just sort of laughed at me like I was pretending I hadn't put on this way. I said, no, no, really. So I made him touch the latex and then he realized that that wasn't it's... me. And I had a friend, a writer friend of mine who when it went out said, oh my God, I thought you were dying. I was going to write to you and Good you, you were really ill. And then I started being put up for morbidly obese parts so like people, get typecast because it, it, people didn't realize that it wasn't real it's it, not <laughs> it's the thing is it's it's a kind of blink and you miss it or if, if you're not listening for that split second it, it is reference why your characters put on a lot of weight no but people what people thought was oh well the actors put on a lot of weight right so okay they, so they, think, so oh, they had to write that write into the script in. they thought it was that way around yeah i can see why that's quite a concern if, if you you want to be put for certain roles and um... well i thought I, I, I yeah and not think you know if that's the only telly you're in that year or something yeah you go, oh god owen's really let himself go poor chap you know yeah and then that's how they uh, but also i didn't think personally the comedy paid off um i think i think david thought it was a hilarious idea and for me it always felt a much more traumatic and a painful idea so yeah there, we, there we go you know it's quite it's quite dark because i i imagine yeah. it, it's everyone reacts differently to if, if if you're in that position yeah put on weight lose weight yeah it's just different emotions obviously david's but if you'd seen the character gradually putting on the weight it's just that you haven't seen him for several months and he yeah. just appears bang yeah and you go the natural thing is oh the actor's put on five stone or his thyroid, or he's got some medical issue here. Yeah. It's really enormous. And then it just went for the next it, uh, series. Anyway. It so is, does that episode sport for you because of that? Or was it just... Well, I, like... I hate I hate looking at myself in that because I just think, uh, uh, oh gosh, is that what I'm... I You know, if I put on lots of weight, that's what I'll look like. And I struggle, as I say, I struggle with my weight as it is. I'm a bit, I've lost a bit of weight in the last year and a half or so just because I, my life is a bit more healthy and less stressful. Mm. Um, yeah, you're looking really well. Th thank you. Thank you. I was cycling uh, before we our chat. I mean, on a push bike, but I cycle all over London and stuff. Oh, wow. And uh, I try and eat eat more healthily. Because um, that's the other thing. is that you, I'm, uh, When you get stressed out, I'm one of these people who tends to eat and, and binge and all that sort of thing. It's like me. So, yeah. so, so anyway, getting back to the next way. So when I me being uh in a fat suit does not make me smile it just makes yeah. me think oh god i hope i don't end up like and i'm not trying to insult people who are 
no, uh, of course large not. or whatever. I, it's just my personal, um, my personal thing, really. That's that's fair enough. I was going to um, say we were absolutely, as fans, absolutely gutted when the lovely Tanya was spoken for. Yes. And that sad and despondent, but brave look by Nick Sweeney when finding out this news from Margaret. Do, do you think the dynamics of the wonderful character of Nick Sweeney would have changed for the better or worse had David decided to partner him up with a soulmate, in your opinion? Oh, I know. I think it's good that he didn't because I think, well, I don't think it would have lasted for more than five minutes. She was the lead singer in a pop band. Did you know that? I think it was called, I, I may be wrong, I think it was called Tapau or something. So she's actually a, it used to be in a band. Anyway, there you go. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, know, I, I, I may thought... have got it wrong, but I think I'm right. I think I'm right. She was lovely. Um, I mean, she really, can you honestly, did you honestly think that someone like her would have? Well, well, maybe she would She looked, she, yeah. I think, I think Margaret was right when, when you know, she said, Mr. Swainy, because she was clearly wanting well, your Well, ask car- her out, ask her out. Because sort of thing. Yeah. she was with some sort of sugar daddy, miserable older chap yes and perhaps yes. she was yeah. bored with him so i i think just invest in that scene for a moment she would have strongly considered yeah. it because she she was she didn't want to get away and um, we were us fans even when i watch it now i go come on nick you can do it but, oh that's um, very that's very sweet you're rooting for him right oh we love yeah. we love nick sweeney he's, yeah he's honestly all fans would would, would agree oh okay. it's not a well, bad nice. bone in his body um, no no he's he's a really He's, I wish I was as unselfish as him, really, in real life, because oh. he is a, he's the really what you call a really decent guy. He's odd and he's weird, but his heart's in the right place. Very, a very endearing man. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the One Foot in the Grave stage play has yeah. actually been written by the great man. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for whatever reasons, it's not going ahead, sadly. Mm. And I'm, I'm right. every so often I try and push for him to do it, like, like I'm influential somehow. I'm not. But every so often I say, you know, any more thoughts? I suppose if he thought there was an audience for it, that would that would help, wouldn't it? I think, I, I don't know what the reasons are, but I was going to ask, if there were scenes for Mr. Swainy, would you consider reprising the role? Well, I think I'm a bit old now for, for to play Nick Swainy. I don't, unless, I don't... Unless, unless they write him. I mean, I'm... Um... I'm well. I'll tell you, I'm I'm 65 now in real life. Well, it's not impossible so, uh, for. A... So he and he he was sort of late 30s, wasn't he? He was. Now, unless you're writing, if you're writing him now uh, as a guy in his 60s, yeah. But you couldn't do it as it was written then. You'd, you'd have to be updated in a way, and therefore you probably need a younger cast, I would think. Oh, I I I despise the Vic, the Vic the Victor stuff wouldn't work because. He, you know, Richard wouldn't, initially, Richard didn't want to do one foot because he thought he was too young for the part. So you'd need an actor who looked late 50s, really, for Victor, wouldn't you? He couldn't couldn't be a guy in his 80s. I'm going to charm you now, but I think you'd pass for easily early 50s if you're in this stage plays and and still have a mother in in, in her, you know, early 80s. Well, that's very kind in fact my real mother my real mother is actually still alive she's 95 so oh, god bless her so i suppose it's sort of feasible but um who knows but that's my i i and what would be the point of having me if the others weren't involved then it would look a bit weird so i'm not sure you'd get annette and um richard and Dorian. probably not and so but... and, and just me from the old cast or I, I i can't quite see how that would just look a bit incongruous i think you'd need a clean a clean break, personally. 
Well, you got a vote of confidence from me anyway. Well, that's very anything. kind. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, obviously, I've um, tried to get on the podcast for a good couple of years. And, yeah. um, Is you it know, that long? Gosh. Right. I, you were the very first person I contacted because, first really? of all, you were the only cast member on Twitter from what I could see. So, oh, that's, uh-huh. that's a bonus. And okay. I managed to, you were very kindly responded. It wasn't a good time because I, I learned um, very recently, gradually lost your late wife. Um, so obviously we're very, the, uh, very well, sorry. She died at the end, end of December, in December 2020. She'd had um, cancer for two and a half years. It was diagnosed in uh, 2018. Yeah. So well, I kind of uh, withdrew a bit from, from public life, as it were. And uh, I think you approached me and I thought, God, well, I, I, what can I say that's of value to, to you that without dragging the whole thing into me to, you know, you know, I I couldn't not talk about what was happening in my, my life, but, um, but at the same time, that's not really what you're, were were contacting me about. So it just felt like the wrong time. What was her name? Uh, Jackie. And so, so you were together in the nineties before? She... Oh yeah, yeah. We we met in uh, 1986. We were together so... from 1986. Yeah. Ah, my my year of birth. So. Ah, right. No, we we met on Valentine's night, 1986. Oh, right. Okay. So we were together a long, a long time. Yeah, yeah. So she, and, uh... I, I imagine, she's very supportive through your. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, she was there. You know, pre. Um, Alexi Sale, and then yeah, no, she she sort of uh, she wasn't in showbiz as this she was she was in business um which which had its advantages in a way um there are advantages and disadvantages the advantages are that that they sort of keep your feet on the ground and don't buy into any kind of of the bullshit that can go along with uh, um being in showbiz if you're Mm. a better way uh the disadvantage was that thing if i was talking to other actors they'd understand what i was talking about and with her she might not understand what I was going on but it d- didn't really matter no. Uh, no 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 she was a big support and my uh, me getting any kind of recognition or success or anything like that was um once I met her really I mean right, okay. I, I, it felt like um things improved uh okay. when, when I met her so so there was a kind of connection there did Jackie have a favorite episode that you that you starred in mm. I'm, I'm sure she loved every moment to be honest um, I'd, probably. I mean, I think her whole, I don't know, that's a very good question. I don't know whether she had a favourite episode. I mean, she had, which I think is quite sensible, mixed feelings about the whole uh, of me being an, being married to an actor, if I'm frank. And I remember saying to her early on, are, are you sure about this, that you want, you know, I'm an actor? And, I, and uh, she said, oh, yeah, it's fine. But but it's quite a selfish profession in many ways, being an actor. And I remember at one point she said to me, I don't know which is worse, when you're in work or when you're out of work, because when you're in work, you're, there's a sort of anxiety about it. When you're out of work, there's also... I mean, mm. she, was a, she was a great, a big, on the whole, a big, big support, really. Um, did she have a favourite? I don't know. But did she, she have she... A, a moment where she'd always... If you, did you guys ever kick back and maybe by chance watch an episode and did she laugh aloud at a certain scene well i think the problem the problem with um watching an episode say that i'm in it or something there's there's all the anxiety of did did it work am i good in that Uh, and therefore you probably be able to 
relax and enjoy something where I wasn't in it, if, if that makes mm. any sense, because there isn't the pressure to to say, oh yeah, that was good, you were good, or you oh, no, you could have done that better or this. Or, and so um, I can't honestly say that we sat there laughing at Nick Sweeney <laughs> in an uncomplicated no, of way. Course. Yeah, really. But she was very, very supportive. I mean, I, I uh, she really was. Yeah. Wonder what she made of Tanya. Um, the, uh, no opinion. I don't, I don't think she would have been <laughs> jealous. I think she would have. You know, she's sophisticated enough to know that it was a sort of uh, a device for um, exploring Nick Sweeney's character. Really. Um, okay. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, uh, it's um it's nice to talk about Jackie and I. I've, I want to dedicate this episode to Jackie um, oh, and, you know, and your good self, of course. Yeah, so yeah. I'll move on to another question and let's sure, happy sure. to continue yeah. talking just for the record. If, if you want to mention any. No, 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 I, I, no, no, it's fine. Cool. Carry on okay. with one. They're, they're, people are here for one foot. So, yeah. They're here for you. Okay. <laughs> but I was going to. Okay. I want to similar... Are you going to ask me at all about doctors? You don't have to. We'd really, I mean, because some people will know me from that. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I was in it for. I was in it for ten years. But thousands I mean, of episodes. You, uh, yeah, but you, I mean, it's a completely different character, which in itself is quite interesting. But it, it, this is a one foot podcast, so you talk no, about that's whatever, whatever you like. Really. How did how how did you? So how, how was that? How were you approached for that then? Were you, did you audition? Were you headhunted? Well, yeah, I got an audition. Oh, I, I heard different things. The series producer says he asked for me, and but I had to audition. So what is it? I auditioned or they asked? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I auditioned for it. And to be honest, I wasn't sure. I think part of the reason I got it was I decided that I didn't want to be in a soap, but I would do the audition anyway. Right, because I kind of thought I don't. I'd just been in Love Soup, which David Renwick wrote with Tamsin Lloyd Drew. Yeah, 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 and that was on doing. And I'd just done a a tour with Richard Wilson of a play called Whipping It Up, where I played a Tory whip in Parliament. I f- fantastic part. Um, I'd taken it over from Robert Bathurst. He'd played it in the West End, and I played it on tour. And so I was coming off the back of that, and I thought, why do I want to go into a daytime soap and I, I really wasn't sure about it but I was vain enough to think well I want to do a really good audition and then say no thank you so I did the audition and they offered it to me and I was on the ver and I could have gone either way really because I just felt that there were other things happening um but I'm glad with I'm glad I did it I'm glad I did it and I got to direct tv and all sorts of things but it the point I'm trying to make is sometimes when you're not desperate for a job, you're maybe more likely to get it because people can tell That's the way it goes, isn't it? When, <clears throat> and because so it was a combination of me feeling a bit confident and cocky uh, that just contributed <clears throat> to me getting it. And and um, but I could easily have not done it, and then who knows what would have happened then? But yeah. Uh, 1,235 episodes yeah, later. Yeah, 10, 10 years. I mean, and, and it's a double-edged sword doing doing something like that because you get known for that, but you kind of, you kind of disappeared from the sort of the comedy scene, if you yeah. in, if in a way. And, and then you coming back 10 years after that, it's quite hard to, um, everything's moved on and you're, you know, you can, it, it's fatal to, 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 
too much to go, well, what if I'd done this? Or what if I'd done that? Yeah. You will never know. You just make the best decision at the time. And also I didn't know it was going to be 10 years. Initially it was one year contract. And then you get, what's nice about it is though, you know, you get these one year rolling contracts and as an actor, like you're doing one foot, all right, you're maybe only doing three or four episodes a year. Now you can't live on that. No. Whereas if you're doing hundreds of episodes a year, suddenly you're getting the kind of security that you're not used to. So it's very seductive. It, yeah. Uh, if, if, and if, doing, doing a soap or something. A very small percentage of actors will be earning a full-time salary. Will be know? earning a living. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so that's not to be sneezed at. And I, and I think, you know, I learned a lot from it. I think I improved a lot. I think I probably with hindsight should have left earlier before they decided to kill me off. But, um, because I think he'd sort of run out of steam, the character. But, you know, there you go. That That's it. You left a legacy. I mean, like I said, you done Love Soup. Yeah. You, you wrote a, uh, a Spitting Image episode. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I, no, yeah. I mean, I used to write a bit. Modest. Not much. Not No, I mean, very limited. I think I wrote a little bit for... for I had a, a guy I was at school with called Martin Bergman, who um lives in america and he married rita rudner who's a quite a well-known comedian over there and he and i used to write stuff when we were at school together right. and we and when i was at drama school we had a one-year contract writing for bbc radio 4. i'm not sure how much of our stuff actually got used so i had that while i was at drama school and yeah, I'm a sort of frustrated writer in a way. And there is a side and people always say, oh, you should write this or you should do that. Um, and But I, I have enormous respect for writers and I enjoy the company of writers. Yeah. And, and, the, and the most, you know, David Renwick was a writer uh, that got me one foot. I'm, I'm more likely, I feel, to chime with writers who may suggest me for stuff than say casting directors for example i don't yeah. feel that they particularly uh know what to do with me or something i, I don't know I, I, but i writers i feel i kind of have something in common and i like ideas which david mm. would say that any script is nothing with unless it's got good ideas and um I don't know. I'm sort of waffling a bit. I hope it makes some kind of sense. No, no. Absolutely. I was, I was going to ask. I, you got two sons, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Are they at drums? Are they university? No, no, no. They they both exactly. did politics and economics. Okay. So they took one look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be a bloody actor. Quite. So I thought that success. My my job is done. Uh, um, they're no, no. They're in in uh, another field altogether, which is great. Yeah. It means they can sort of have a sort of um, a bit more, hopefully, although these days they don't, um, you know, have some control of your life and your career. As an actor, you don't. An actor, your choice is, uh, yes, I'll do it or I won't do it or, or I'll do nothing because there's nothing to do. Whereas, um, and it's not, being an actor is, um, I mean, clearly given what's happened to me recently and I, I sort of think about it a lot is, I think it, when you're riding the crest of a wave and things are going well, it's fantastic and there's nothing like it. And then at other times, I, it, it not, I think it's a childish way to live because you're dependent on the whims of other people, whether they're going to give you a job or not. But that, that's why I think the, the, the really good people are the ones who create their own projects, which um, they're the ones, I, you know, so you've got the writer performers like Ricky Gervais and, and, and whoever, 
that's yeah. where the real uh that's the best of both in a way isn't it that you create your own stuff you you're not and you're doing what you believe rather than yeah what somebody else has decided you could do for them you mentioned um ricky gervais did you watch after like yeah yeah you know, you know my wife interesting my wife watched uh two episodes the two series actually while she was still alive and that was odd because i i initially i saw it before and i thought gosh shall i even tell her about it and you know she was had been diagnosed and mm. knew that she was going to die and it was just a question of um you know how long she would live and she what i watched i think i watched the first one and then i i found it too painful but she then watched the second series and really enjoyed it Mm. Uh, I, I think I think she wasn't alive when the third one came out, and I thought, oh, that right, that's that's really interesting. That that um, so she didn't need to be protected in a way I needed to be protected. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't the one who was who was dying. Uh, no, I thought it was a remarkable, very series, powerful, really. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's just a great writer. He's and, uh, yeah, gets he's very it's sublime. And I can say, I, I the number of people who were. Uh, would have got in contact with him to say, you know, going through exactly this same situation in my life. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's a great outlet. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's a tear jerking comedy drama. It's absolutely yeah. sublime. And yeah. I was curious to know if, you, if you'd watch it. You mentioned Gervais. Yeah. So, yeah, alas. Your um, your sons, I suppose, did they grow up appreciating what in the grave? I'm sure they. No, I mean, they, I mean, I think they came to one or two studio recordings, but they did would they? have been. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but they would have been children, you know, they, mm. they were born in 93 and 95. So okay. they would have been tiny. So the last series was 2000. So, you know, they've been pretty, pretty young. Um, I'm not sure whether it would have been. I mean, Richard, wonderful company, company leader that he was. I mean, he sent flowers to my wife when, you know, when the children were born. And, yeah. And so they would have said hello to him and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, um, but too young, I think, to appreciate it, really. Mm. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure they do now. I'm sure they're very proud. Well, if they watch, I don't, I don't know that they do, really. I think, I think fashions change and the interests of, of people move on very quickly and things that maybe you and I think are still current, you know, from t four years ago, probably they can't remember or haven't heard of or I don't know things I don't know the climate the culture's very um I mean it's interesting it's very mm. different to it's very yeah yeah how it was 10 years ago I think very different some people have mentioned this some fans one have mentioned that if uh if Margaret was 20 years younger or perhaps you were 20 years older in during series six <laughs> would we have got together because Not if she had any sense <laughs> I think it. I think it'd be well suited. She'd have worn the trousers, though. No well, doubt. I think she's. She was motherly towards him. I think yeah. that's what it was. She was. She they, had a sort of a warmth there. I don't. I don't think there was. There was no. There wasn't an attraction. There was a sort of. She was kind, and, yes. and she saw he was kind, and knew that could tell that he needed a a bit of encouragement, maybe with women or or just. I think she, what was so good about her character, unlike most, she was unlike a, a sitcom character, really, because she was like a proper dramatic character. I always used to say, don't take this wrong way, but the character had bottom in a way. They, she wasn't a lightweight, two-dimensional 
character. She was a real person. And when David wanted any weightiness or real seriousness, he would give it to her. And I think that's what she was. She was a, a good, a good person and, and yeah. would stick up and wouldn't suffer fools like her herself really. Mm. Um, and would do what was right, but, but also loved Victor as well, in spite of all the ridiculousness that he did. And, and that's what was endearing about it. Mm. it, it her emotions were felt real and they felt kind of grounded, which she didn't feel like a sitcom character. She, the number of times she would growl at Victor made me laugh. Yeah, that, that comes from her skill as an actress. Do you, do you think she? Do you think Margaret carried out the deed? I, I ask every guest this. Do you think she uh, yeah. went for revenge? Did she cause any damage to Glynis? What's your opinion? I don't know. I think I remember. I think I asked David, and I, I don't think he gave an answer. It's, I think yeah. it's it's left. Maybe that that's why they don't repeat the series because they, they think you know it's too dark. I don't know, and I, I don't know that I really. It, it, we don't. It's just speculation, isn't it? Does it? Yeah, is it, it, there's no answer. It, if she did do it, if it, she did do it, does it mean you just completely change your attitude of the character? I mean, she was. I hope she didn't, because he wasn't deliberately no run over. Nasty I mean, accident. If, she, if he'd been if he'd been murdered, okay, even then. I yeah, but an accident. I I think she had enough insight and not to. What would be the point of killing someone who hadn't deliberately killed your husband? Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. It's it wasn't a malicious act. No, it was a, no. a hideous accident, it a fatal be, accident. It wouldn't be revenge. It would be no. It would make it feel any better. Out, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, I quite agree. I've asked them all the questions I I okay, to great, ask, and great. you you've been absolutely amazing. Well, I hope uh, I hope I have. I mean, at times I have. thought, am I going on a bit too much about my own personal life? No, it's it's yeah. the, it's what the listeners want to hear. You can also do, you know what you you know the behind the scenes stuff. You they can go to my website if anyone wants to look at the video. You've seen it, presumably, have you? It's on YouTube, isn't it? Uh, I've seen maybe on YouTube. It's all they can also access it via my owenbrenman.com which is my own personal website it's got as well as stuff acting clips of me i've, I've seen. got stuff i directed on there as well yeah head yeah. to owenbrenman.com where owenbrenman.com yeah you, you, there's a, a, a there's some a little bit of... behind the scenes of one foot which is like a taster of of um stuff i shot you know it's really interesting I, w I wish there was more of it i've got yeah. i've got hours and hours of material one eventually i've got to edit it and so and, oh okay. uh, that's a bit of a one got, foot in the podcast huge, exclusive. So you've huge, got huge. I've got hours and hours. Of oh, stuff. some of it is more usable than others. And part of the problem I've got is um, I don't have like formal signed um, forms that saying I can use this sort of thing. I, there was always like a gentleman's agreement that, you know, I'll, I'll show it to people before I use it. But, but some of those people, um, so I'd have to get either permission to, to use it or whatever. Um, and some of the quality is better than others, but it was shot on a proper camera that the BBC gave me. So there's some really, what I've... Gold dust. Dave, David and I used to find, and we would discuss this a lot, is um, it, there was a lot of detail about how, 
how David would work on scenes. I mean, I, I don't know whether this is of interest, you can use this or not, but That's David it. was very specific about, um, you know, like giving actors line reading sometimes about, so he'd have a certain rhythm uh, and he would say, and, and often if you talk to actors now, there's a sort of rule that you must never give an actor a line reading. You, you know what I mean by that? Just telling you how to say the line basically. Mm. And I, as a young actor, um, I actually found it really helpful because if you're working with a comedy writer like David Renwick, you'd written for the two Ronnies and whatever, whatever, and you're saying your line, your punchline, which may, and, and you're maybe breaking the line up. And so you're going da 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 And then someone tells you, well, actually it's funnier if you play the line the whole way through right to the end, da 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 So it's just a technical thing. Mm. And, and saying, so in other words, telling you, say it like this, and then you get the laugh. And I actually found that really instructive and really useful. And, and so I've got stuff, but, but David would, would carry that to the nth degree. So he would, he, almost his, his stuff was like a sort of a musical uh, or libretto or whatever, where he, he heard how the lines should be said, which can be a bit oppressive for some people. But not for for people, if you're good and you listen to him, he's usually right. And so I've got shots of him doing the minutest sort of notes with Richard and trying to, some of the stuff I shot behind the scenes, which I think is really interesting if you're a sort of comedy buff is Rich, you know, David was very particular on how he felt the line should work and how the comedy should work. And there was no, um, and he would give line reading sometimes, which I personally found very helpful. I know Janine found very helpful. Um, and he's giving line readings. And it's quite, would be quite instructive, I think, for an audience, because people imagine, oh, if someone's the star of the show, no one's going to tell them how to do it and what to do. But David would do that. And they didn't always agree. And David would say, no, 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 I want you to hit this word. I think you should hit mustard. Mm -hmm. And then Richard going, no, no, I don't. I think I should hit the other words. No, 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 it's funnier if you do that. And I think it's just, now a general audience may think well, I'm not that interested, but I think an audience that's interested in comedy is actually interested in the kind of the granular and just how is this thing, which appears to be fairly effortless and just funny because they're just funny. Actually, no, there's this sort of detailed work that goes into it. So that when you say the line, it's funny because you've actually, you've hit the right word in the right way. Uh, it's not going to be funny otherwise. And mm. another actor saying that line won't get the laugh um, if they don't say it in the, in the correct way. It's quite technical in a way, comedy, actually. I think drama is, mu is much more open to interpretation in many ways where you can say a line a lot of different ways. But with comedy, you know, if you say it and, and they don't laugh, you've failed. <laughs> it has to, you know, it's meant to be a funny line. You know, this is the payoff. And if the audience doesn't laugh, you know, you've cocked it up. So there's a, there is a quite a technical element to it. Yeah. I've, I have heard that, you know, from David himself, he's quite meticulous with every it's aspect very, of how you deliver a line. Meticulous. Yeah. And, and I, and I was used to that on, uh, on um, Alexi sell stuff and all that, but occasionally we'd get a, um, a guest on one foot, quite a well-known actor or actress. And David would 
treat them the same way that he treated everyone else and might give them line readings. Now they weren't used to that. So they didn't realize sometimes that David did this with everybody. So they would start thinking, oh my God, he's giving me line readings. He thinks I can't do it. Oh, uh, you know, um, and, 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 and get anxious. And I always used to think, no, no, they should brief the, act, the actors before they come in. This is what David does. It's not a personal thing. That's yeah. just how he, how he works. Because most people, um, you know, on other shows, you, you're kind of left alone a bit more, uh, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't work. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought that was, that was interesting. David's approach is very, um, very specific and very particular. Um, and maybe some people don't work like working like that, but um, that's how he likes to work. I think I think I read he was quite he was quite lenient with Peter Cook in One Foot in the Algarve. He came up with a couple. Oh yeah, of, I wasn't. Uh, may, may, you what, did he allow him to change the lines? I believe so. That's extremely un- well. That's because it's Peter Cook. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, that might be the the case. But was that a bit bit of a shame? I suppose not to be in that episode. You know, a holiday oh, to the Algarve. Yeah, no, yeah, I would have loved that. But there you go. You you can't um, you can't. Have, but 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 I remember saying once to David because um, again, if you worked on a, a, any other comedy shows or any other shows, you'd have your read through and and then the script might change several times before you got in front of an audience. One Foot in the Grave scripts never changed. The only changes were if it was overrunning and they had to cut something. Yeah. That, that, that's that is, quite unusual. That is that is frustrating that there's some probably some absolute gold out there of, of One Foot in the Grave we're not aware of, but all the same, your, your behind-the-scenes footage oh, one yeah. day will but, be marvellous to see no, that. that. Oh, yeah, it will. It will. I'll do more of it. I, I put another little interview I did with David um, when he was having his hair cut during the filming that's also on YouTube. It just I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, but, is, but, is but you've seen the other stuff, but it's all from two, the year 2000. I was yeah, going to say, is it that, so. yeah, was there anything before yeah. that? But, yeah, Series 6 behind the scenes, yeah. No, no, I, I only started on that one. Um, but I just thought... Um, yeah, it might interest people to see how these things are actually put together, really, and and yeah. and they're not all not all sitcoms are, are done the same way. No, it's a fascinating because insight. that because David would David was at the filming. Uh, yeah, you may, tell me tell me if you've already been told this. Maybe Chris Gurdon told you this. I don't know, but initially, uh, when we would film on occasion, because the normal way of doing it, the writer writes the script. Oh, and 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 then the director directs it and they try and keep the writer out of the way all of the time supposed to say at home aren't they really yeah whatever and david because to their credit dave they knew david was such was was you know a talent that they respected so he would be at all the filming so you'd have the the filming and you do a scene and um before you moved on the director would look at David to David and go, well, what do you, are you happy or not? And you go, well, it's not funny or it's there or it works. It mm. doesn't work. So that, so, so that would slow things down a bit, but it was the sort of quality control, if you like. Now, some people didn't like that because they just were used to, you just do it and, and you move on. Whereas he um, said, no, this is not just an exercise in photography. We've got to actually make it work. And I think he was right. And, mm. uh, and so again, so that was again. You worked on another sitcom; you wouldn't see the writer at all. You'd just be working with the director. That was it. Yeah, I think it's paid off, isn't it? Having him. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. And Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, in the book, Richard Richard Webber's one from the Great Book. Have you ever, have you ever read that? 
I, I don't suppose you need to because you know everything. Have, actually, no. It's, it's a fascinating read. He's, right, he's written right. for various. I think there's a Dad's Army one and a right, couple of right. But there's a little segment in there about um, I think it was the Fallout and the episode Starbound. Um, yeah, yeah. Where Nick Swainy's mother goes missing. She yeah. she she claims she's gone to uh, Jupiter amongst you other places. You sent me the line, didn't you? Two, two of them were just blobs, and the other two looked like Gloria Hunford or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yes, some that great one. lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah. what was I saying? Um, I think Annette. I think she might have snapped at David because she delivered a line, and two of the words she delivered the wrong way around. Yeah, and yeah. she didn't felt it ma- it mattered, and I think there was a bit of mm. bit of bit of a heated. Um, did she tell you that or, or he told you that it is in the book oh right yeah yeah so but that um, I mean that's all just par for the course that, you, yeah. you know any kind of creative endeavor mm. you're gonna have people's feelings hurt people getting angry I mean that's just normal you, yeah. you should you should be able to and and then you kind of and maybe she was right you know because uh, at times I would feel with David that um yeah he was correct uh, in wanting to change things but if you say had a guest and you and you got them to say it the way you want but if they're losing their confidence in the process you kind of win the battle but lose the war it's a kind yeah. of um it's a it's, it's where you kind of it's horses for cause i mean i had this conversation with with david um uh and uh i don't know if he agrees with me but he and he, he sees the point i was making but i think he was yeah i think he i don't want to caricature him because i think he was very sensitive as to what he could and couldn't say but mm. um, just from my view i would sometimes watch a guest getting anxious that they weren't um saying it right and i would sometimes wonder god would, will that affect the rest of their performance or not who knows no it's a fascinating insight into what mm. goes on and it's um because yeah. any kind of directing is or is about trying to get what you want but at the same time um making the other act the actors feel confident and they're valued and they are so they can sort of fly with it if you know and, and yeah, sort of and yeah. be confident so you can't you've got to strike a compromise between what you you initially imagined and what they bring to the table and hopefully between the two you actually produce something that's better you know yeah but you, but you have to have a little bit of flexibility otherwise it, i think it's can be a bit too oppressive course yeah no yeah it's just fascinating to hear you yeah. speak about it really yeah. and uh i've um <laughs> I've given I've, you enough stuff there that's a, yeah i've got my work cut out in the edit suite right. which yeah, is yeah, it's yeah. fun okay. to do don't get me okay. wrong but okay. yeah i look forward to hearing it yeah, yeah. thank you well uh, owen it's been um, absolutely amazing to have you on the podcast it's been worth the wait um i can tell you that well, thank you for being patient people please follow owen on twitter at Owen Brenman, although I'm there's no, I'm not <laughs> posting much, but you never know. Things you never can know. change. Things of course, it's your change. website as well. Yep. yep. The link is, they can link to it from there as well. Yeah. OwenBrenman.com. That's it. Yeah. And we hope to see you on, on our TV screens. Who knows? Soon. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I, would re- I, would hope, I would hope so. Yeah. And um, thank okay. you so much. Right. My pleasure. My pleasure. I've just been watching two frogs having sex. <laughs> <laughs>